sound. I am your host, Jake Ryan. I am buzzing because today we have Shay of Miniatures. Uh, Shay is uh, one half of the New Zealand duo Miniatures who feature regularly on the pod and at our vinyl night, uh, Casual Friday at Pond Pond. Uh, before we get started, I want to say, I want to give you a sincere thank you, um, Shay, for, for allowing us to make this happen. Um, so how are you doing? Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm I'm good. Thank you. It's 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 um, it's fun. It's nice to be on the show. Like I've I've caught up with a few of the episodes now since you reached out, um, especially to one with Anne Marie. And I thought it's gonna be my turn. So here we are. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Speaking speaking of Anne Marie, when we uh, when we when we talked to her, we kind of asked her um how things got started. <laughs> but um, curious to hear from you, like uh, if you could take us through the the evolution of miniatures and like how you formed. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, career steps, highs, lows. <laughs> um, I mean, my version of it doesn't go much doesn't go much earlier than when Anne came along, but it was uh, all right. Well, cast back to two thousand seven or eight. I would have been about eighteen, you know, out of high school, but not doing much. Um, and I just sort of had was getting into um, a lot of this music stuff, um, and I came to you know, shoegaze and dream pop, I think kind of the same way that they did. Like I, I, I listened to a lot of the original, you know, Cocteau Twins, Cure, Joy Division, all the, all the sort of bands that inspired them. And then that kind of led me through from, you know, Wikipedia deep dives and like, um, you know, um, some friend recommendations too. Um, and that just kind of seemed to be a good fit for the sound I wanted to do and, and you know, started putting stuff together. Um, there wasn't really any scene for it in Christchurch at the time. Like I didn't really know anyone personally who was also doing it. Um, at least then there probably were people there. I, I just didn't know them. Um, and then, yeah, kind of worked through it, did some little demos at home with, <laughs> with my friends. I didn't have much. I'm, I'm pretty bad at finishing songs. So I had, I had a, a scattering of, of bits and riffs and uncompleted things. Um, and then a, a guitar player that I, that I wanted to work with, um, he was playing music with Anne-Marie as well. And I was famously looking for a singer. And so I kind of poached her, not from anything particular, but <laughs> just went out to a show, introduced and, and um, yeah, and then we, we got talking and um, that would have been her first exposure to this sort of sound as well. Um, I think she'd played in some bands before, but her, her main thing was just completely electronic and vocal. Um, and so, you know, guitars and stuff was, was a bit new. And at that time we were running as a four or five piece for our first couple of gigs. <laughs> um, we had a drum, you know, a drummer, bass player, um, another guitar player and, Anne. and I think we played one show with that lineup at a fa famous little now defunct spot in Christchurch called El Santo, where we used to play a lot of shows with other bands. Um, I think we played three songs. It was like a <laughs> midwinter, um, things better and another one that we never recorded, but I have demos of, but, um, I think that, I think there's even a live recording of that somewhere, but I, I, I would hate to listen to it, <laughs> but it, it's there. Um, yeah. And that was our first one. And, um, and that was all right before the big earthquake and that kind of put a, put a, put a stop to the momentum of everything. Gotcha. Um, but that in another way, well, it, to the back to the life band side, and then that kind of 
you know, it happened and Anne's family was in Dunedin down the South Island. And so we just kind of eloped for a bit down there to get away. <laughs> and while we were there, you know, worked through some music and, and did some writing. And I think as you said in your podcast, that was how the, our first few songs came around, like the glass box and such. And, and then, yeah, uh, over the next sort of six months or so, we just kind of potted around trying to um, get those songs recorded. We weren't playing gigs. It was really just recording. Okay. I mean, at the time, there really wasn't any way to play gigs. Everything was destroyed, <laughs> so we, yeah. we couldn't have. Um, but everything did kind of eventually come back. But for that time, we were just, yeah, we were just working on, on writing and getting it done and eventually getting that EP together, which I think is hard for both of us to listen to because of how little we knew about production at the time. It's, it's pretty <laughs> raw. And well, like, I think we would kind yeah. of love times to do it again, you know, but you, you got to look forward, not backward. Um, it's, yeah. it's special to me in a nostalgia way in the songs, but yeah, the production, I think we'd both like a do-over <laughs> on that. I, but we're probably not alone there as far as musicians I, go. Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't doubt it. There's, mm. there's a lot of stuff out there that, that no production could save. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, here's the thing. I, be, I became a fan listening to, listening to that first EP. Really? And even, yeah, yeah and even, even, even though I, I, you know, I knew that the, you know, the production was a little yeah <laughs> yeah you know but but it was still you could you could just tell that it was there and so well, like it wasn't i'm not going to say like i don't want to dump on Anne or i it wasn't bad production from any decisions it was just we just recorded the music and did what we could to mix it and uh, yeah, release it i guess <laughs> you know it was like you know later you realize there's probably so much more um could be done but we didn't know we were young and she knew more than i did i'm i'm i have done you know
yeah, well, yeah. When we when we talked to her, we we kind of dived into into her background with with uh, with learning the learning the knobs and, and yeah. keys and and whatnot. Is is your is your first instrument guitar? Is that yeah, yeah. I um picked it up when I was about 15, 14, 15 at home because I was just raised by my mom and she was a musician too. She played in bands throughout the nineties and um. She's a great, lovely, wonderful singer-songwriter. Um, and so I was really fortunate just to always have instruments around the house. So when I finally started to have the interest in it, because, you know, you grow up, that was the last thing I wanted to do. You don't want to do what your parents do. <laughs> so I was like, oh, music. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, actually, you know, so I started getting into and enjoying music and kind of picking it up around the house. and like, eh, maybe. And fortunately, to my credit, because I'm a, I'm a lazy, lazy man, it came to me quite easily. Nice. At least, you know, in, in a sense that it wasn't ever hard enough to put me off continuing. And so I, you know, would dabble with bass and guitar and stuff at the time. Um, all sorts, you know, I was I was always more interested in the flashier stuff as a teenager. Um, you know, I remember I, I kind of learned off a lot of like classic rock and okay. um, 80s and 90s stuff. So I have this sort of a guilty streak of guitar solos and, you know, flattery. It's, it's in there. I That's, try to keep it under wraps, but I, yeah. I, I feel you. I feel you. My guilty pleasure is Van Halen. I, I, I had all of their LPs from yes. for the David Lee Roth era. Yes, oh, there oh, it is. Oh, okay, yeah. good man. Then, then we're, <laughs> we are, we're, we're good. We're yeah. good here. Yeah, I mean, that ahead. might have been part of what helped me, you know, drive myself as a guitar player was trying to learn this stuff that was way too hard. Um, because yeah. if you're learning your basic chords and stuff, you're probably never going to push. And I mean, fortunately, this was, you know, just the internet had been around a while and you could quite easily get tabs and stuff, everything. And I, I never had a teacher. Um, so it was not good to be able to find stuff to help you, you know, help you learn and learn these songs. And...
that's all right. So I have a, I have a, I have a question that the, the lazy guys who, you know, should have been here, but aren't, um, he's a, you know, long time listener, first time caller, Tyler, Tyler wanted to know what, uh, what were the, what were the first bands that turned you on and helped you like kind of set the path towards forming that miniature sound? Sure. Um, I mean, the, the, the greats, obviously, you know, the big three, um, MVVS sort of and ride for any, well, surely there aren't any listeners who aren't aware of that, but just in case, um, Lenny, Lenny applauds you. Okay. And also, I guess more specifically, I, I got really into curve at that time, um, because I think I, I caught horror head on one of those late night music video things that, you know, you stay up till 2am and it's on and I'm like, shit, what's that? Um, and that, that, that was a life changing moment. I'm like, wait, people made music that sounded like this. It was kind of, you know, I don't want to say overproduced, but it was very busy. It was very thick. It had a lot going on and just hyper melodic. Yes. And I really enjoyed that compared to the more sort of restrained mumbly jangle chord style of stuff, which in its place I do like too, but that, that definitely struck a chord in me. Um, Medicine. I, I uh, had a, a, an older friend, um, Tim Beard, if he ends up listening to this, he's always been a good fan and supporter, uh, gave me the CD. What was the album called? The, the, uh, shit, the one with the pink and baby doll and stuff. Um, and I got really into that, like the, the, the guitar craziness on that, the sound of it, I just couldn't believe. And apparently he just got that by just putting a signal through a radio or something, Brad Lehner. Oh really? Some great, yeah, some great story about how he how he got that insane, overdriven sound, not like, um, you know, guitar heroic overdriven, but just noise and yeah, and that was that was quite inspirational. Um, what else was there? I remember listening to a bit of like um, I had a I had a. a a friend who would hand me down a lot of the stuff she was getting into and she lived here in Melbourne, um, like Astro Bright, um, all, all of his projects, a lot of that sort of stuff and all that kind of noise element probably fit into it a bit too. But I always wanted it to be song focused, you know, like I had, there had to be um, a structure and a song and something recognizable. I couldn't really just sort of go on a noise tangent. <laughs> I, 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 need, I like the, the pop sort of structure even though I'm not a huge pop music fan, but oh, dude, um, Shay, yeah. we are, we, we are very, we are very one in the same. You are, you are speaking my language. Right. Oh no, no kidding. Um, mm. Yeah. So, Hey, I, I was, you know, I was going through the, I was going through the uh, playlist here yeah. and I noticed that there were uh, lots of singer songwriters and is that something mm. you feel you gravitate to or. Intentionally, but maybe it's part of that, you know, maybe I, do like the song I, I love a hook you know i like the hook and the songs and the catchy things and strong melody and it, maybe that's the thread that's running through and i, I sort of i mean i was having a look through it and well, i tell you what when you asked me to do a playlist at first i thought all right i'll do a dna of miniatures thing um but then that that i got about halfway through that and then i just kind of lost interest in that <laughs> and that's sort of what we've discussed now anyway so i ended up just just filling it full of some old favorites and some new stuff that I'm listening to. And it's, it's probably a pretty mixed bag in terms of the choices, but I think they're all, you know, 
share those things that I like. And a lot of them have quite thick wall of sound quality to them. Um, a lot of interesting guitar tones and such. Um, yeah, I, is what it is. Okay, uh, man, you're, we are speaking the same language. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm running through my I'm running through my questions here, and, and I wanted to ask something. Um, as, as for our listeners, are there any songs in particular uh, in this in this playlist that you just really want to fawn over right now? Uh, you know, and like, um, yeah, you know, tone, some, style, structure. There's some good stuff here. I'm just having a look at it now. Um, I put on that list. There was the Beach House just did a new EP. Now I've listened to. A, a fair bit of them, although um, I don't I haven't like followed them religiously. But that new song they put out, "American Daughter," uh, it amused me so much because it's it's low tide, it's it's a low tide song. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I, it came on on Spotify, and I thought, "Is this low tide?" And I'm I'm sure you know low tide, but that's that's their sound. You know, the sort of trebly arpeggiated guitar here and there, the 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 bass kind of pure-esque bass in the background, the vocal style. Um, and I like the song, you know, it's a nice song, but it just, it just, it, it, it made me smile so much because that's exactly what we've been hearing from them for years from most days. Um, just, you know, I felt quite fondly. Um, what else is there? Uh, Tamarin was kind of a big deal for us because I remember listening to her stuff, you know, before the, big stylistic change and enjoying it enjoying it enough at the time but then when she did that thing and she went solo sort of and had this whole new sound with uh that i'm sure george Elbrecht producer helped a lot with but that changed me to i'm like oh shit this is what i want to be doing you know that really dark more precise kind of production sharper songs a bit less sort of dreamy and wandery but really focused and more ambitious vocally that really really appealed to me and i i thrashed that record we we all did <laughs> i know that am left it as well and so and it, it was funny you you probably remember when that came out the discourse around it and people were you know on the shoegaze facebook groups bemoaning this change in style <laughs> and i'm like just i love it let her do her thing you know yeah yeah i i i kick myself i i I had a chance to go see her at, at a yeah. at a really at a really small place here in Denver, and I forget what came up, but I didn't get to go, and I'm 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 still yeah. I'm still ruining uh, that fact. Yeah, okay. yeah, completely. Um, mm -hmm. I know you I you threw on uh, you threw on some No Joy, mm -hmm. yeah, which mm -hmm. um, yeah, oh, great stuff. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, don't... I, I love their records. Um, you know, their first couple just it, it is quite sort of. I'm trying to say, but I just love the feel of that. I can put it on and always enjoy it. I'm going to be like, this is a band I would love to have seen live and just be in the crowd for. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. Just, just, and I, and I just picked it up too. I just picked right. it up. So yeah, love it. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Um, the, the soccer mommy you put on as well. Yeah. I've been really enjoyed her stuff for the last couple of years. Um, great songwriter, really great songwriter, great kind of hooks and bits. And, um, I love that sort of '90s feel to some of the way she writes too, and the chord choices. And yeah, that that I like. I, I, yeah, I really like her stuff. And the new record is really cool too. It's had a lot of thick wall sound stuff, and you know, got really into the guitars. Oh, I, I mean, I hate to sound sycophantic here, but we, I mean, we are speaking the same language. <laughs> no, I, it's, it's, this is, this is I stuff it. I've been preaching on the I've been preaching on the podcast for a long. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's awesome. It's it's just good. To, I, it's good to have it validated, you know. <laughs> it's hard. 
kind of hard to put your finger on what it is about that style or why it sounds 90s, but you know what I mean? It does. There's something oh, yeah. there oh, in the sort of choice of the, the rhythms and the melody lines and stuff that you just you don't hear as much anymore. Maybe it feels like a throwback, but I love it. Yeah. And I like to write that way too. And yeah, no, she's great. That is it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, I know you put on uh, you put on some Caroline Polachek. Yeah. Um, I know there's a there's a there's actually a Colorado connection there. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I I'm just curious why you why you threw them on. I mean, she went to the um, she went to the school that we don't mention. I see. Okay. <laughs> at least, at least I don't. At least I, I don't. <laughs> um, I guess that's probably more the, the you know, the, the poppiest of what I have on there. Right. Um, but that came to me a couple of years ago on her, on her first record. I think I'd heard of Chairlift, the band, but I hadn't really listened. And mm-hmm. it just Im- impressed me a bit in how sort of ambitious it was, you know, for pop music and operatic. And, you know, I, I'm, I love um, a lot of that like you know kate bush and all that stuff and it kind of reminded me of some of that too okay. and i'm thinking wow who's making music like this still <laughs> and that you know i really enjoyed that one and then the new record came and that was a bit happier and well i don't know about happier but it had more kind of pop production and less ballady and i really enjoyed that and um that track just always kind of makes me feel quite good <laughs> it's it was, very snappy yeah, it was, and it was probably know. it was probably a happier record she uh she probably made a. They did a. They did an iTunes or a, or a right. i. Yeah, like they did an Apple commercial here. Uh, <clears> yeah, <throat> one of Cheerlift right. songs got on there, so I'm I'm sure uh, I'm sure that that next record was a little happier. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, and it's just sort of to show that you know I don't really need to have guitars or something in there to enjoy. It's like I love a good theme and melody and and the way that's put together and where it goes. Yeah.
So, um, any non-musical interests? You know, you know, any sports, uh, books, politics? <laughs> uh, not sports. Um, okay. I, I was never much for sports. Um, I'm no longer hostile to it now that I'm a grown-up. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, in Christchurch, well, New Zealand is is rugby mad. Okay. Um, and you know, all through school, there'd be the rugby crowd or here and there, and you know, games and the news would always talk about it, and I just was like, no, 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 thank you. And then you move to Melbourne and you realize it's 10 times worse um, <laughs> because in Christchurch, every city has a team here. It's every suburb has a team, you know? Um, but actually I got to my first AFL game, that's Australian football league hmm? a few weeks ago, courtesy of a family member. And I didn't have a horrible time. I kind of, kind of got that's what good. was going on and why everyone seemed to be enjoying it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play ball, but I'm still not going to follow you know, or show much interest outside of that. But I, I, I got I got the ritual of it, I think, and I appreciated that. Oh, wonderful. Um, <laughs> besides that, um, I mean, I love I love film and TV, um, you know, keeping up with discourse and watching old stuff. And um, I don't know if I'd say I was a film buff, like I would probably like to be, but that's it's a lot of work to, go, to do that <laughs> and to maintain that and then to justify that, statement with opinions and stuff i'm like no no, no i'm an enjoyer um but i love my i love my um sci-fi like i'm or lifelong star trek and star wars fan and, and all of that and um the room is filled with geeky paraphernalia um i would like to read more <laughs> i'd love to read more <laughs> but who has the time i have the time i don't do it but yeah uh, the last thing i read was I read Dune before the movie came out, and that felt like an achievement. Ah, but um, yeah, yeah. do need cool. to do that more. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what is uh, what does the future hold for you? What are you looking to do? I don't know, honestly. Um, Any music? Hopefully, I well maybe I've. Okay. I've, I'm always sort of tinkering or writing, um, or I have been since, you know, um, for the last few years, but I've kind of had to learn to start doing that stuff myself, you know, learn the software and well, Ableton and this and that, and, and how to, how to actually make your own demos and stuff. Um, I would like to get back to it. I, I'm probably, I'm more interested in the idea of being able to play live and tour recording but you know you kind of got to do one for the other and um since having to move away and then move back and you know people come and go and the scene changes and i've found it really hard to to get something going again or to meet the right people um and i'm just getting older so who knows <laughs> hopefully at some point something will come along but yeah i, I would like to, to put something out again and i i have you know as as before miniatures i have just uh bits and pieces so many bits and pieces um i guess i guess with Anne, the handy thing was is that i could always i could give these bits and pieces to her and she would kind of take it away and come back and there'd be a vocal or something on it and then then suddenly it was a song then it was something that we could work with and complete and so i'm kind of missing that step <laughs> i have to sort of find myself because i'm not i'm not really a, a vocalist and um kind of need kind of need someone else to come in and, and have that input 
um, to really take it to a different place or to get it okay. to, to, make, to, to take it, to bring it to something that I'd want to work with um, or finish. I mean, I have some finished songs. I say finished, but there's no vocals, but like, you know, probably enough to work with. Um, but there's no one cracking the whip and there's no timetable, so <laughs> it could be a while. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Motivator of time.
So let me ask you this: Are there have you have you gotten have you gotten out to any any gigs lately? Um, well, the last one I saw was Slowdive, actually, because they just okay. played here a few weeks ago, um, which was great. You know, always a pleasure to see them. And again, I remember a time when none of these bands had reformed, and I just thought that I was never going to get the chance to see them because it was long gone. And so, it kind of is a golden era of the um, the reformations, <laughs> being able to yes. see these guys. Um, so that was a treat and they played, you know, some good, good spread of stuff and a couple of unexpected ones. Um, was it sleep? I think one of the sort of B sides that they did. And that was amazing. Um, before that I saw, got to see Way's blood at the same venue and she's amazing. Well, that was an incredible show. Um, what else? I haven't been getting to a lot lately <laughs> besides those. <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, are there, are there any bands like speaking of reformations? I think we mm. broached this subject, uh, a, a few episodes back, but are there any, are there any bands that you would just, I mean, you're just, you're just dying to have them reform or, or you, you wish you'd have seen them, uh, when they were active. Probably, probably late eighties, early nineties, Cocteau twins. Okay. Um, and or curve same period like, okay yeah those, oh. those would be the ones i think yeah i'll yeah. I'll second the curve but i gotta yeah. ask i gotta ask because it mm -hmm. seems like all the bands i love mm -hmm. love cocteau twins mm -hmm. I just, <laughs> I, yeah i just I, I never i just never got into them and i don't i don't know what that is or why because sure. it feels okay. like i should <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's, that's admirable to say. Um, I think for me, they were one of the first, I, I think yeah. I was, um, I would have been about 16 or 17 and, um, reading through this old, uh, I think it was an enemy that my dad had, um, which was like a collection of, um, actually, I think I got it. One sec. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, all the, all the bands, all the bands that, uh, that I that I'm into yeah. at least I mean at least the big ones it's, yeah oh, I love it. yeah and I it love had it. As all these interviews and things from then and of course I love the Cure and Susie and the Banshees but I didn't know who the Cocktail Twins were and I kept seeing these interviews and they're talking about this dreamy sound I'm like oh can't be that good can it right. and I said to my dad, I said to my father um have you got any Cocktail Twins and he left the room and came back and put that Treasure album on and I was sitting on the couch you know. And it was like the doors of perception opened for me. It was life changing, I think, because um, I just didn't really know that music from then, you know, could sound like that as a naive teenager. And um, yeah, that was that was life changing. And maybe maybe you had to be there, you know, maybe you had to have yeah. the right experience to. to yeah, to no, I, 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 I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to. I mean, I, I probably have thought that for a long time. It's just yeah. I wasn't in the right place at the right time, and it didn't hit me sure. the right way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not a respect issue it's just i don't know why yeah. and i have to ask <laughs> I, I could get that they would be an acquired taste maybe mm. um but to me it was just it was something i i wasn't getting anywhere else you know this lush thick instrumentation um and the the vocal craziness that was going on uh, it was it was the guitar that, that drew me in mainly, like what was going on there texturally, but you know, like Luz's contribution was equally amazing as well. But um, it, yeah, in all aspects, I think, and just the fact that it was just the tip. Well, it was three of them in a drum machine. It's like, ah, oh, 
maybe I don't need a drummer, you know? <laughs> God, they're the only thing harder than vocalists to find is a drummer, I swear. Oh, oh really? Not, really? Not really in six bands, you know, and too I, busy. I, I thought I thought the old joke was what do you what do you call a person who hangs around musicians? A drummer. A drummer, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, you got your tapper, you know, but um, no, good drummers are, are hard to come by. And when you do, they're just too busy, in my experience, you know. So you gotta you gotta really pitch and have something to offer. <laughs> okay. Um, and again, that, that was probably why for a lot of miniatures, we just ran without one. Um, I mean, there was a few reasons for that, I suppose, because primarily we just wrote with electronic drums anyway. You know, we programmed them. And then at, at one point, we'd, we'd been looking for a drum for a while. And we just thought, you know what, let's just, who cares if it's a backing track? Let's, let's just get play, let's just get gigging and use that. And and given the fact that in the genre, that just seemed like a fine thing to do anyway, you know, like, it just didn't really matter. Uh, and once or twice at a gig, we'd have a guy coming up and be like, you guys should get a drummer. I'm like, oh, now that you say it, I kind of think we don't need one, you know? Like, <laughs> just, I don't like your input. I think I like it the way it is. Um, I'm going to do it. There, there is definitely spite an energy. Is, spite is yeah. powerful. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, it was kind of like a backhanded compliment. It was like, yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, uh, but and there is a there is a, a great energy to playing with a live drummer, but I think for our music and what we were doing, it it wasn't really critical. And just knowing that we had full control over what was coming through, and we could just focus on, you know, what we were doing. Um, and it just felt a bit more manageable, I guess, okay. to do it that way. Yeah, I don't know.
Yeah, I mean, speaking of miniature gigs, were there were there any uh, were there any miniature gigs that that stuck out for you that were that were awesome, or were there any that were particularly horrifying or Min- miniature gigs? Yeah, miniature gigs. <laughs> <laughs> Just a miniature gig. Um, Miniatures. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We, I mean, we we played quite a lot here, I guess. Um, Oh, I mean, there are there are bad ones, but you tend to just let them fade into memory, I guess. Um, there's just so many so many th- Thursday night gigs where you just play to three or four people, as, aside from the other bands who are there, right? And you get you, you don't get paid. You get three beers on the door, you know. It's like sure. that's just kind of. I, I, I think that was paying your dues, and if I was to to get out there and be playing again, that's the part I don't miss. Is just the the sort of thankless feel of right. grudging out that, and which is why I think you're better off just trying to do really good recordings and market those well and drum up in a fuss that way. Because okay. I think it is important to, to to cut your teeth playing live, um, in that regard, and to to for the band's sake. But as far as like growing your band's profile, I. Don't think you even need to bother anymore. <laughs> you can. There are no. there are other, there are other better ways to to network and to you know grow your brand. I think, especially now with social media and everything. Okay. Um, and I, I think that's... that maybe that's sorry. Maybe that's a young man thing where you just you just we were like let's just take every gig that comes our way, you know. And a lot of bands do that too. And um, yeah, positives and negatives. I suppose. Yeah. Sorry, I yeah. cut you off there. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just, I was, I was going to say, but you, you had mentioned earlier that you loved, you, you loved gigging, right? I, I like a good gig, and like I more like the idea of touring and the sort of camaraderie of it, and the, the okay. travel aspect. Like that would probably be my. If I was going to travel, why not do it with a band? So <laughs> I'd like to do it that way. Um, okay. And then, yeah, when you do play a good gig to a good crowd, it is, you know, it's it's a really good feeling and a good energy and. I crave attention and validation like anyone else. So, you know, that's a nice way to get up there and do it, I guess. Nice. <clears throat> and, you know, in high school, I did, you know, I gravitated to drama and things because I'm probably naturally more introverted and not super confident. And then this was a way to get yourself there and get some attention and, you know, um, show, show yourself. And awesome. gigging is a bit of that too, I think. For me, anyway, I know that some people probably do it and don't want the attention they just want to create and that's that's admirable too that's that's fine sure. but um yeah i like the the interaction of it and uh, what you get from that awesome mm-hmm. well hey shay <laughs> thank you again i really really do appreciate it um yeah this was i mean thanks for indulging our listeners and this was absolutely brilliant um, oh, cheers pleasure. yeah um here is i catch you napping by Pink Ultra Shiny Blast on the casual sound.